Hi everybody, welcome back to Improbability, where we share how you can use the skills learned in improv to enhance your career, your relationships, and your life. I'm Al Admire. And I'm Pat Finn. Hi. And we're back with episode number three. The big three. It's a big one. <laughs> yeah. Do you, dare, I, dare I say a, a Gail Sayers referenced? Uh, that's football, right? It, it is. It, it, one of the Chicago Bear greats, yes. See, but you, your idea of football and my idea of football is different. Mine, mine's English Premier League. Yours, <laughs> yours is a foot, yes. Yes. <laughs> um, no, I, uh, Gail Sayers wrote a book called I Am Third. So I, I believe it's a reference. Okay. I, no, just, <laughs> I believe it's in reference to um, I think it's God, family, football in that order. So. Oh, cool. Well, that's that's cool. Yeah, that was. I think I read it when I was a kid, just because it was huh. not a lot of pages. He was a running back, right? Running back for the Bears. Got the, I think six six touchdowns in one game. I actually met Walter Payton one time. Very cool. Uh, he, we were doing um, a documentary about organ donation yeah. for PBS, and uh, part of it was shot. To be honest, I can't remember why, uh-huh. but we uh, were shooting on the Bears' field, and Walter Payton was there. Wow! And I got to meet him. That's so cool. And I don't know if you remember this. You were in Chicago, and I was there, and I called you. I said, "Hey, man, I can get us in." To the what's the stadium in Chicago? Soldier Field. Yeah, Soldier Field on the field for the game. And I said, just let me know. And I remember you texted me back and said, uh, I, I already got something else planned. Oh, shoot, sorry. <laughs> I could have met Walter Payton. <laughs> I feel bad. I, I turned you down. By the way, that's a great, um, there's a Second City skit. Uh, those are familiar. Second City is a satirical theater in Chicago where probably 60% of the people from SNL came from. All the way back to like Ed Asner and Joan Rivers and Alan Alda to, um, you know, Belushi, Ackroyd, Candy, Gilda. And but more recently into um, people like Colbert, Correll, Tina Fey, Amy Poehler, uh, Jack McBrayer, all these great people. But there was a skit because Chicago people get very uh, yeah. finicky about, about their words. And it's a bus driver played by Mike Haggerty, who's a dear friend and great comedic actor. Um, but it's um, he's driving the bus and he's an angry bus driver. And somebody says... Uh, that they want to get off the bus. And they say, he goes, where? And he goes, uh, uh, Gothi Street. And he stops the bus and everyone's freaking out. And he walks back and he goes, it's Gerda. Gerda, it's, it's a 17th century expressionist painter. Gerda. Because <laughs> it's spelled like G-O-E-T-H or something. And then uh, then there's another one that's, uh, yeah. it's, it's somebody goes, I want to go to uh, Kaminsky Park. And he gets up, runs back to him and scolds him. It's Kaminsky, Kaminsky Park. It's the third person says, I want to go to Soldier's Field. And he freezes and he goes over and he goes, it's soldier. It's singular, representing multiple soldier, but it's one soldier. It's Soldier Field, <laughs> like that. And then the, the button or the blow of the bit is he gets back to his, his bus driving uh, seat and he grabs the wheel and he goes, ah, oh, out of all the places I got to drive a bus, I pick Chicago, Illinois. <laughs> but, it's, <laughs> but it's just such a great comeback button so it was that it was funny if you get the chance second city is an amazing place so and i was always so. taught there's no noise in illinois that's true yeah, yeah. it's it's uh, i believe it's a algonquin tribe yeah it is that was one of my favorite lines in uh wayne's world when alice cooper talks about milwaukee <laughs> <laughs> very funny i love people are tuning in to see how this can help them and their business and everything and they're like yeah i'm sure i was just gonna say i'm sure people are wondering what in the hell we're doing so this week uh, we wanted to talk about a very important improv skill, which is momentum, which is also known as resilience. It's the ability 
to just keep going. Resilience is defined as the capacity to recover quickly from difficulties or just toughness. Momentum is a huge thing in improvisation because whether you're up on stage, whether you're in a business meeting, whether you're in a family relationship, there are times that you just have to keep going. Sometimes it doesn't matter in what direction. You just have to keep moving. That's one of the things we talk about in our seminars, particularly in our business seminars, is have you ever been in a business meeting that you just wish something, anything would happen? Because it's just circular talk and there's nobody making any decisions. You're not moving in any direction. And people will walk away from that. The only thing that's happened is you planned another meeting in the future to talk about the same thing. <laughs> no, that's a great point. I mean, that's kind of one of the most uh, amazing parts, I guess, of improvisation is that for it to work, you can't stop. You can't settle. You can't close the window and that's that's in, in, and fold your arms and that's it. You keep going. But that's also the beauty of it is because what allows you to keep going is that the people you're with or person you might be with is a person that's accepting your ideas. Right. So it helps you get through, you know, you might think you're struggling or you might think you're, you're in quicksand, but once they give you what you think is going to be a branch, but it turns out to be a broken stop sign, you go with it. Right. And you say yes to it. And all of a sudden you're talking about a broken stop sign and then a cop shows up and then you're in jail, whatever. Right. Um, but that's the beauty of it. That's kind of the funness of it is it won't work unless you are resilient. And that actually leads to what our next podcast is going to be about, which is team building. Yeah. But if you look at if you look at the science of resilience, and, and there's a lot of people studying it now because it is so important in both the corporate world and in your personal life, they found that there are basically three science-backed strategies to help a, a person build individual resilience. That's the ability just to overcome and keep going. Yeah. Uh, the first one is to change the narrative. Instead of focusing on your fear, you're scared that you're going to fail, you have to take a moment to look for what they call the silver linings and lessons learned. That's what Pat and I call failing forward. Yeah. So when somebody fails, we really try to impress upon them that that is an, a valuable lesson learned. You won't make that mistake again. And you go off in another direction. That's going to lead you closer and closer and closer to success. Yeah. I forget the exact quote, but I remember Del Close, who's kind of a guru of improv, uh, had something like uh, improv is uh, is a bunch of people trying to fix a broken plane as it's going down. <laughs> you know, so they all have to work, they all have to work together. And the beauty of it is it's resilient because you don't know how far they have to go. Right. And in improv, it's an eternity. So that's what kind of makes it great. The, the second science back strategy is face your fears. Now, in the, a future episode, we're going to talk about one of the, the important concepts of improvisation is the ability to follow your fear. Yeah. But to become resilient, uh, when, you, when you learn to distance yourself from your fears, you can gain perspective, the perspective you need to see your fears for what they are, which is only things that hold you back. We had a, a recently... We did a uh, an improv for a company called Banyan, which happens to be a company that I own with my wife. We had just opened our offices again after the pandemic, and uh, we had, well, what, 50 people? Yeah. I just thought it was such a great idea. Yeah. They basically have been kind of remote, like so many people, for um, a year and a half, almost two years. And they, they've gone from, I'm going to say, 17 to now they have 50, which is just amazing and a testament to everybody on board. But the cool thing was, 
that I think you said something like 38 of them had never met before. Never met before. Yeah, we had yeah. 38 people who had worked remotely and had never met in person. So um, everybody got together for a day at Banyan to literally, it, was like the, I, it felt like the first day of kindergarten. <laughs> um, I, you know, the joke we had was was with Zoom, people don't know how tall people are. Um, like, you know what I mean? So it's funny to be like, yes. wow, Adam's tall. Um <laughs> But uh, it was just great because they had a, a day of learning about the company and where they're going and, and right. the future of it. And at the end, and this is what a lot of companies do. They're like, hey, we want to do a, a two-hour, let's get to meet and know everybody. And, and just like every one of these that we've done throughout the country, everybody's a little arms foldy, right. everybody's a little nervous. And then all of a sudden, somebody comes up, another person comes up, somebody uh, does something that works, somebody agrees with somebody. Right. And it's amusing or what have you. Again, it's never about the comedy. Um, but all of a sudden, they turn into very giddy people that want to come up again and want to do another game or want to do something else. So it's, I thought it went fantastic. It was such a great group. of. It, it was great. And, and the thing about facing your fears, when one of the things Pat and I do, we talk about how fear holds you back and that the thing that people are most afraid of, uh, and several studies have showed this, the thing that people are most afraid of is not dying, is not bankruptcy, is not divorce. It's public speaking, yeah. it's standing up in front of a crowd. So I felt um, a little tricky doing this, but we said, who amongst you feels that way? And right in the front row, <laughs> I, won't, I won't say her name because I don't want to embarrass her, but her hand shot up, right. you know, and Pat and I said, would you mind joining us up here? Mm -hmm. Her eyes got as big as silver dollars and she came up and we said, we're going to stand here for 20 seconds. And we stood there and we didn't say anything. And she didn't say anything. And nobody in the audience said anything. And so then we said, well, you stood here, you're in front of people and nothing happened. What were you afraid of? And she told us she, she was afraid of making mistakes and being embarrassed. And I said, none of that happened. I said, take a seat. Yeah. And she went to sit down and everybody in the audience applauded for her. And I said, I bet you two things. When you got up this morning, you didn't know as afraid as you were, you would stand up in front of a crowd of 50 people and two, that you would be applauded for doing absolutely nothing. Yeah. And, and it really brought home the point that if you allow your fears to hold you back, you're doing yourself a great disservice. That's a great point. Actually. I think it's, it's, um, it's funny. Um, even telling people about kind of the concept of improbability of what we do, we go to companies big and small and, Every single person you tell this to, this concept that we have, yeah, they're all on board. Like they're all in. Like this is the most amazing thing. Where has why haven't I done this before? Why hasn't <laughs> this? We have to bring this to our company. And then what's what's you know we're finding is one of the biggest challenges or impediments to what um, we have to offer is that people are kind of like, well, I don't really know stand up. I'm not that funny. And and I get it. it kind of like you said, nobody wants to get up in front of other people. And yeah, it's not. Yeah. And it's not about comedy. And, and the way you and I do it, um, again, this this wonderful woman that came up by herself in front of an office that she literally just met that day. Um, I'm sure they're still talking about that. And it was nothing. And once right. you realized that it's not that hard. Yeah. It's funny. I, I played golf in a, a, with, a, with a gentleman and we got to the green and we thought the hole was really hard. And, and we get to the green and he, he turns around and he goes, yeah, you know what? 
that that hole wasn't that hard. I mean, I don't know why why we thought it was so challenging up at the tee box. And I was like, <laughs> that's what improvisation is. And he's like, what do you mean? I go, everybody thinks it's hard. And then at the by the end, by the time you get to the green, you're like, that wasn't so bad. I parred that. I had a birdie putt. Um, and that's what's kind of the fun thing on our end when we bring this out to people um, to be a part of. Yeah. And that's the thing is, you know, anybody can do it. Anybody can do improv. Oh, uh, yeah. That's, again, going back to, um, you know, we've had lawyers and people in the healthcare industry and right. had um, a group of 60-plus uh, women. Insurance. Yes. In, in, yeah, insurance. Um, I, I think one of the things is we had a group one time uh, recently on a Zoom and uh, I want to say it's 25, yeah. 30 people, uh, most of whom were scientists. And uh, the fun thing is their vocabulary and concepts are, are, are high end, um, but they all did it. And that's kind of what I say now. I'm like, you know what? If scientists can do this, anybody can. A real estate agency can or a, um, a banker yeah. can, an electrician. Not really all, they not only did it, they loved it. I mean, they, I, they yes. They loved the games. They loved being out because it took them outside themselves, um, which actually kind of leads us to the third uh, science-backed strategy for building resilience, which is practicing self-compassion. It's being able basically to forgive yourself, to mm-hmm. confront your own suffering with an attitude of warmth, kindness, and no judgment. People are so hard on themselves. They judge themselves. You've heard of I may have this wrong, and if we do, I'm sure we're going to get an email. Maslow's theory of social relevance. It may not be Maslow now that I've said it out loud because I learned it in college, which was 1982. <laughs> so, but, uh, but, but what it is is if you look at 100% of the people that you have social interaction with. So, if you think of your life, you think of a hundred people, the people that you have social interaction with. Let's just say it's a hundred people, right? Yeah. On average. of those people like you, 25% of those people don't like you, and 50% of those people never think about you. So what that teaches us is as important as you you think you are, you're not. Right. And all that that weight you put on yourself of succeeding and doing and how people are going to judge you, they're not judging you because they're not even thinking about you. Right. So give yourself some slack. Agreed. And that's kind of the fun thing about improv when i first came up um it was kind of a joke but that was one of the one of the bits was this is a no judgment zone yeah and people would say it kind of uh tongue-in-cheek but that's one of the coolest things i learned in the beginning that you would go up and do uh, a show a scene a character and then you came down and everybody would support you and talk about it uh it was also kind of understood that when you went back to do a show later that night or the next night yeah. Um, that everything you had done was gone. Right. It was all new. Everything you'd done. My wife's seen um, for 20 something years, she's seen improv shows, but she goes still because she's like, well, it's always different. Yeah. It's never the same character or you can have the same suggestion, yeah, yeah. but it's never going to be, oh, here's, you know, Alan Pat and they're in the wine factory. It's not, even if we were, it'd be different characters in different scenarios. So that's what makes it kind of right. kind of cool to your well, I know when, when I did improv in St. Louis, we would do, you know, we would have a really good show. And so people would come back and, you know, in the middle of the show, they'd yell, do the thing about the turkey. Yeah. 
Yes. <laughs> and that's what they had in grass. Is this is a different night. It's different subjects. It's a whole different world. It's a different universe you're in. Well, well, that's what makes it kind of neat because every time I go on stage, it's, I know, I mean, you're nervous a little bit, but you're, you know that it's going to be different. And again, we've had the same suggestion. Yeah. Like there, I, there was somebody in LA one time, I, I swear our joke was he's he's writing a movie and he's stuck. Uh, but he himself, I don't know who this is, but three weeks in a row, we got a location that would fit on the stage and he yelled out cruise ship every time. And we were backstage like, that's some writer who's stuck on a movie. He's trying, he's trying to figure out what scene to put in. So um, you should get royalties. You know, it was fine. I yeah, probably should. Well, I have to I have to pay you a, a compliment here. Oh, um, Pat and I are working on a show, uh, a television show that's targeted to Netflix. It's uh, because of that. We can't really tell you much about it because uh, we've been sworn to secrecy. But Pat is the host and I am directing. And uh, we were just at a shoot in the city of Boston. And Pat was in a situation where he was working with a lot of non-professional man on the street you know, just normal people, um, very sweet people. And, uh, but he was in a situation where he had to improv for himself and a little bit for them because, you know, what they were saying was not particularly funny or engaging. So <laughs> I think you did a really, really good job. And I think the reason you pulled it off was because you built momentum that regardless of what they said, regardless of what their answer was, you just kept going and you tried to build on it. You didn't try to take it in a certain direction. You you accepted, you know, remember back to, to show one, folks. Yes, and he accepted what they said and then he built on it. And I thought it was really magnificent. Thank, well, first of all, thank you. That's really crazy nice to say. I appreciate that. Um, but that's that's kind of a testament to the concept of improvisation and how, how I learned it. Um, right. You're there for the other person. And, and in turn, they're there for you. So there's no holier-than-thou attitude whatsoever in improvisation. And the beauty is right. when that translates to the office, the boardroom, the sales meeting, when those things come alive because it's a concept you picked up from in, improvisation and learned it, yeah. well, then there's so much positivity and, and great things that can happen afterwards. And these guys, I think you could see that if I shut them down or, or – um, said something or poo-pooed their idea that it was just going to stop. I was going to close the window, but that's not what you do. You open the window, you say, come on in. Right. Um, well, they and, were nervous too. I mean, sure. you, you knew that they were nervous too. And they're not, they're not used to standing in front of a camera. Right. And I thought you did a great job of making them feel accepted, motivated and valued. Yeah. Thank you. I, I did a bunch of um, Sony PlayStation commercial years ago and it was myself. And the whole idea was I was like the, the person behind uh, making all these games great, and I wanted to make them even better. So I started hanging out with all these um, sports figures, these celebrities. And mm -hmm. pretty early on, the Sony realized that you know these guys are amazing athletes, but most of the time, it's rare to have a Peyton Manning. Um, right. You know, most are kind of stiff because it's not like what they do. And they, when they were starting this voyage to cast this character, their number one thing was they wanted somebody from the improv world, somebody from Second City, somebody from the Groundling, somebody from Improv Olympic. Right. Because they knew that was somebody that could work with somebody who wasn't as solid as them as a performer, um, which was kind of cool. And it, for me, I loved it because it's, it's right. 
all you're waiting for is the next thing for this person to say. And then you run with it yeah. uh, because you're there for that and they're there for you. So it's kind of cool. Well, let's put a bow on this. I have a uh, quote from Forbes magazine about resilience. Failure isn't fatal. Nice. In fact, it is actually required for innovation success. You need to accept the fact that you're going to fail if you're going to do your best work. And you need to help free your coworkers from the innovation crushing shackles of seeking perfection. Don't let them ruin the good in a search for the perfect. Yeah. And I think that that really defines improvisation. Accepting the good and, and turning away from from struggling to find the perfect because perfect's impossible. I agree. I, that's a perfect way to put it. Look at Forbes. Now your subs subscriptions are right off. That's nice. Well, look at that. I, somebody gave me that. I, I wasn't actually reading Forbes. So. <laughs> So if you take anything away from this podcast, it's it's change the narrative, how you speak to yourself, how you look at yourself, how you motivate yourself through the day. Look at what you're afraid of, because I guarantee you it's holding you back. And as I said, we're going to have a whole episode on that coming up. But learn what you're afraid of and try to put it in perspective so you realize that it's something that will probably never happen. And then practice self-compassion. Forgive yourself because you're not going to fail like you think you're going to fail. And if you do fail, you've learned something and that's put you on a new path and you should be grateful for that. Very cool. We've also learned that it's Gerda and Soldier Field. <laughs> and uh, if you want to reach out to us, we'd love to uh, hear what you think or uh, how we can help. Uh, we're at improvability.com and it's improv-ability.com. So until next time, I'm Al Admire. And I'm Pat Finn. And thank you so much for joining us on Improbability. See you soon.